Good morning, everybody. There we go. Thank you. Um, we are in week 10 of Ordo Salutis. Uh, one more week to go. The, uh, if you got your handout, we'll go ahead and jump right in. But uh, Ordo Salutis, for anybody that hadn't been here, is uh, the order of salvation. So we've been looking at all the different components of salvation and the order in which they happen and where they happen and who does them and who helps do them and all those sorts of things. But uh, today we're right in the middle of the completing section. Uh, we've looked at sanctification, mortification, and evidence. Today we're looking at perseverance, um, specifically perseverance of the saints. I realized this morning that I didn't put of the saints on the handout and it could be confused as just regular old perseverance. So it's not quite the same thing. Uh, and eternal security. And then next week we'll look at glorification. So uh, the definitions there for perseverance and eternal security. So perseverance, the shorter definition is God keeps. And I'm, I'm drawing a distinction between these two terms. And I want to talk about this for just a second. Um, several of the terms that we have used are near synonyms for each other depending upon which author or which theologian you read. Um, I like to use as many terms as possible because some of these have a connotation or a view that's just a, from a different perspective. They may be talking about the same thing, but they're looking at it from a different perspective. Um, so from Zeke's perspective, you can see that I'm wearing a mic pack on my right side, but from Tim's perspective, you really can't. You just see the result up here from the microphone itself. So we're talking about the microphone. It is the microphone, but today, eternal security and perseverance are kind of looking at it from two different perspectives. So the reason I bring that up is because the more perspectives we look at our salvation from, the bigger and more awesome our God is. Um, and for me, one of the reasons for doing this study was I want to be totally overwhelmed with, oh my goodness, this is all the stuff that he is actively doing at any given time. And the more, you, the more I peel back this onion, the more I peel, it's just, it's a deep well, guys. It is a deep well. And I have really, really enjoyed it. So, um, so the definition here for uh, perseverance is God keeps. Um, and this is the act of God whereby he ensures that a believer will persevere to glorification in spite of any influence. Um, <clears throat> and that's a big deal, right? So, so we are going to persevere. So it's almost... Uh, our perspective of it. And then the eternal security is God secures. God secures, and that's the act of God whereby he ensures a believer will not lose his or her salvation. So if, if you want a more simplified version of it, uh, in my mind, perseverance is you will make it. And security is you will not lose it. Um, so, and, and I think a result of both of those is an assurance, a personal assurance. And this is not something that I'm going to go into a lot of detail on today. But sometimes when we only have a very small view of either one of those concepts, you don't have a very large sense of assurance that this is actually going to happen. So I want to make sure I hit both of these very, very hard today because our assurance comes from a fact. Okay? Our assurance doesn't come from a feeling. Assurance itself is a feeling. When I feel confident about something, that is a feeling. I even say it that way. I feel confident. Eternal security and the perseverance of the saints are facts. Those are the things that we can base our feelings around. So if you don't have assurance, it may be because you don't know the facts. And when we uncover the facts, there's a lot of assurance here. Um, there's a lot of assurance here. So... I want to make sure that we understand the difference between I feel a certain way and I know a certain thing. So, so with that, um, there's not 
Today's lesson is going to be a little bit different in that there's not a word that we're just going to go and look and see all the different times that it shows up. Um, these are concepts that are prevalent all throughout the New Testament, so we're just going to look at a couple different uh, thoughts that I've had. <clears throat> so thought number one, uh, God is a giver. God is a giver. And, and we see this immediately in the Bible, right? We see this immediately. Genesis 1.1, what does it say? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? He gave life to everything. You, you don't get past Genesis 1-1 without seeing the giving nature of God, right? And the entire Old Testament points toward the coming Messiah, which is God's greatest gift to us, right? The entire New Testament either points back to his life and describes it or articulates what we're supposed to do with it as a result of it, it's his gift to us. If you think about the scriptures themselves, that's awesome. We have a written record of what God wants us to know. That's his gift to us. Put your hand over your heart. And leave it there for just a second until you can feel your heartbeat. You feel your heartbeat? Some of you are like, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I need to go up here. Okay. You feel your heartbeat? Gift, 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 gift. Every time. That's a gift. It's, it, it never, God just is constantly and constantly and constantly giving. It's amazing. So God's a giver. So what kind of Bible verses do we have that talk about the gifts that he gives? Well, Romans uh, eleven twenty nine, um, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Open up in your Bibles to that one. I, w- I want you to see it um, a couple different ways. This, this verse is translated very, very well in several different scriptures. Because um, this, this word for irrevocable is a beautiful word. <clears throat> what does somebody else have for that word? The gifts and the calling of God are without what? Repentance, right? And we, we learned that repentance was the changing of the mind, right? So he's not going to change his mind, which, yay, that's awesome. Never canceled and never rescinded. Never canceled and never rescinded. Boom. How's that? We, uh, we upgraded a, uh, <clears throat> a television in our home in the last week and a half. I sent Albert a picture of it yesterday. He was like, UFC in life size. Yes, it will be. Uh, and I-, I was reading as I was shopping online for this TV about the warranties and the uh, expiration periods. And you've got this long to return it, and it costs this much if you ship it back here. And this, I mean, I'm just like, good gracious, I need to need a law degree to understand all the different options if something goes wrong here. But the reality is, from our salvation, say that phrase again for me. Never canceled and never rescinded. rescinded. Think about getting a warranty on something that can never be canceled and never be rescinded. I want to buy that. I want to buy it just to say that I own something that can never be canceled and never be rescinded, right? That'd be fantastic. Because everything that we have, the warranty will eventually run out on something. Most of you have bought things that have a lifetime warranty. That's the lifetime of the purchaser, not the lifetime of all of your future descendants, right? Without repentance, they are irrevocable. They are, say it again for me. I'm going to put this in the notes. This is awesome. I love this phrase. Never canceled and never rescinded. Never canceled and never rescinded. That is beautiful. I love it. So then 1 John 5, uh, 11, 12, and 13 This is where the assurance piece comes in. This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. 
He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know. There I go into the King James. Do you hear that? That you may. New King James says that you may know. This stuff that gets burned into you as a child, and it just kind of comes out when you read sometimes. That you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So we have, uh, as I've talked about before and has been mentioned many times here at Stuart Heights, that faith has to have an object, right? Um, and, and faith is grounded in truth. Thank you so much. I cleared my throat twice and she did that. Did you hear that? That was awesome. Um, the, uh, so faith has got to have an object, right? And if, if faith doesn't have an object, then it's faith in faith, which that's just wishing is what that is. That's not even hope. Hope is, hope is faith in something that's going to happen. Wishing is, I'd like it to happen. Right? I'd like that TV that I bought never to break down. But at some point it will. Right? It's just the laws of the universe. Things break down. And I'm glad that the one who wrote the laws of the universe doesn't break down. It's a beautiful thing. This is not going to stop. So that was God is a giver. This is his nature. Thought number two, God is invested. God is invested. How many of you do some type of investing? Like some type of retirement or 401k or some, I mean, we're thinking about some type of a forward uh, return on what we're putting in now. That's what investing is. Um, so so what, is that, what does that have to do with salvation? Well, Hebrews 9, 12 says, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He, capital H, that's Jesus, entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Now, you've heard me mention this many, many, many times, but in the Old Testament, you have these sacrificial process, right? And this was, uh, what was the purpose of the sacrificial process? The big overarching purpose of the sacrificial process. Absolutely. You're, you're pointing toward, you're pointing toward the sacrifice that's coming. That's going to be the once-for-all sacrifice that covers everything. Um, Brian and I, were, we, we've started to have these wonderful little theological conversations in the morning before Sunday school. It helps me out tremendously. I'll mention my topic, and then he just chimes in. And uh, I told him it was eternal security today. He's like, oh, hit that hard. I said, yes, I plan to. It's a big deal. Because in my mind, if you say, I don't believe in eternal security, I don't believe in the perseverance of the saints, the, the challenge with that is Jesus himself said it's true. Right? The Holy Spirit, his, his being is on the line, and God set this plan up. So you're spitting in the face of the Trinity, all three members. You get a three-for-one deal here. If you say no to eternal security, well, this, is, this is a real problem, right? Uh, and he said, so if, if Jesus is a liar, then that means he's not the perfect sacrifice. And he said, and last time I checked, I haven't offered any sacrifices in the last 42 years. That would be a problem for us. Right? Because if my faith is in the finished work of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, and that sacrifice is null and void, then I've got to sacrifice. You see this? That's a problem for us, guys. That's a real problem. Because we've got to get busy on the temple. And we've got to get the priest lined up. And we've got to get Jimmy DeYoung to show them where those garments are. And get them into those. And, I mean, like the whole nine yards here. This is, we've we got a lot of catch-up to do. This is a problem. So... Either his sacrifice is enough or it's not. So 
Uh, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, In Him, Jesus, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, if I ever write a version of the Bible, which I will not because I'm just not smart enough to do that, I'm going to use the word cocked with the Holy Spirit of promise because caulk does not let go. I don't know what kind of sealant they're using here, but sealed up tight. This is sealed up tight. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance? That, that made me laugh all week long when I kept thinking about that. This, by the way. Who is the guarantee, the Holy Spirit's our guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchase of possession to the praise of his glory. So the redemption of the purchase of the possession. So when do you get to take something that you have bought? Think about it. You go into a store. You shop around. You go, I want that. Right? You walk up to the counter. Let's say it's a, a big object that you're not able to pick up and, and take with you up to the counter. You say, I, I want, um, oh, what's that store? Uh, Ikea. This is the way this works in Ikea, right? You have a notepad. Yeah, and you tell them, I, I want this notepad. And then you go and you put it on a cart, and then you go pay for it. When do they let you leave the store with it? There's this pay for it part, right? Yeah. So you've got to pay for it, and then it's yours, and then you get it. This, this concept of um, the guarantee, the purchased possession, until the redemption of the purchased possession, until we are with him. So we are sealed from the time of belief, from the time of faith, until we are with him. It's beautiful, right? There's no, there's no opportunity for, up. Oh, there's a leak in that system. Um, David Bandy runs a uh, heat and air thing now, which is really kind of cool. It's awesome. And he and I spent a little bit of time going over some calculations when he was going through his classes to get certified for this. Uh, you know, because for most of us, it's been a while since we've done math, right? So we, we did some review there. And I got to learn a lot about, and this, this is me geeking out, so you just have to bear with me. I got to learn a lot about the calculations involved in determining the size of a central unit based on the branching nature or non-branching nature of the ductwork in a home. I thought it was fascinating. Neat stuff. You all are looking at me like, yeah, this is just weird. Is anybody else excited? That's like a day barber, two, three, four. Hey, that's awesome. Got like seven hands. <laughs> woo, woo. Own your geekiness, guys. It's okay. And uh, so, so we're going through these calculations, and he said, yeah, so all these assume a closed system. All these assume that there's no leaks in the system. He said that's one of the ways that you know that there's a problem is that when the calculations don't make sense, when you're putting so much through and you're not getting the result that you're thinking. And I'm like, that's pretty good. It's kind of like pressure testing your theology here, right? We can, we can put a lot of pressure up against this, this seal holds, right? At some point in the future, I don't know when it will be, but at some point in the future, and, and most of you know that we had mold in our home this summer, got to spend um, a spectacularly large amount of money <laughs> resolving that issue. Um, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. Honestly, I don't care what the dudes in Iran are doing. I don't want them to have to deal with mold. It's just, it's awful. Um, I don't care. It's awful. So, so they went and they replaced all the ductwork in our entire home. From the unit to including the, what's the thing where the air exit comes out? The, the, register. the registers, yes. Whole thing. Now, here's the deal. 
So I'm, I'm watching them do this, I'm watching them store all this equipment in the garage, and man, this is amazing stuff. And the thought hit me that, you know, at some point, even all this brand new shiny stuff is going to break down. At some point in the future, this will no longer work. One of these seals will pop, something will go bad, and somebody will have to come in and do maintenance on this. This seal never breaks. It's beautiful. It is absolutely spectacularly efficient. 100% efficiency. How about that? Here we go. The efficiency of the seal of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. It's gorgeous stuff. If this dripping is drawing, driving anybody else up the wall, it's driving me up the wall too, just in case some of you keep looking over here. I don't know. We'll need to address this at some point after Sunday school, so somebody remind me. All right, so we've got um, <clears throat> Ephesians 4.30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed. So just in case you weren't paying attention, um, three chapters before, he says it again. Uh, sealed for the day of redemption. So thought number three, God has no equal. God has no equal. Um, most of you know that I'm a big uh, mixed martial arts fan. And one of the things that I really enjoy are two equally matched fighters, right? Because you get a good fight that way. One of the things that I despise is a bad match. You get somebody that's a really high caliber opponent against somebody that should not be in the octagon with that person, right? And, and if you can imagine somebody who is very skilled using their hands and their elbows and their knees and their feet to hurt someone else up against somebody who's not ready for that level of competition, it's, it's kind of sickening, right? So if, if, you're, if you, you have this feeling in the pit of your stomach like, that's not right, I totally agree, absolutely agree. And usually those fights end very quickly because there's somebody in the octagon that is there to say, enough, this, has, this should stop at this point. That's the, the official, the referee. Every once in a while, the official lets it go too long. <coughs> and it is not pretty. It is really not pretty. Sometimes the fans will start screaming, stop it, stop it, stop it. And it's bad. It's really bad. And that's what happens when you have two opponents that are unequally matched. So I'm here to tell you today that there is no match for God. You can put him in any scenario you want to. There is no opponent that can defeat him. There is no opponent that can come close to defeating him. There is no equal. And since there is no equal, when he has put his word on the line that we will endure until glorification, it will happen. So let's look at some of the verses on this. John 10, 27 through 29. This is Jesus speaking. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Okay, so I've done this a couple times. So I have a quarter. I need two volunteers. A couple of volunteers. Dave Barber. I need somebody with really, really small hands. It was small hands. Wow, that was, I wasn't ex <clears throat> I wasn't expecting a, a guy to step up, but that's awesome. All right, so uh, so you're going to play Jesus, all right? So this is me. This is me. So I'm in Jesus' hand. I, hang on tight, okay? You got it? You're not going to drop it, are you? Okay, we're actually going to do it like that, just to, okay. to have the scenario as, as plausible as possible. All right, Father, come on, wrap around. Now let's, I'm going to read the verse. <clears throat> All right, singular hands here, right? Singular hands. So 
So this looks pretty secure, right? I want you to make sure she cannot drop that, okay? There we go. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> now, let's just say Jesus has a bad day. Just theoretical. Drop it. Like, no, 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 don't let her drop it. <laughs> okay. I'm catching it. Uh, no, 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 don't let her drop it. Okay. All right. You're having problems, right? Yeah. Okay, because this is incomplete, right? You guys know this is an incomplete picture. We're going to get Pentecostal here. (laughs) This is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit seals up. So, (laughs) so, was that your wrist? Wow, okay. (laughs) Holy Spirit's pretty. Holy Spirit's kind of aggressive, okay? Is this beautiful or what? We're in there. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Who's going to come arm wrestle God? You've got to break through the seal of the Holy Spirit. You've got to deal with God the Father, and then you've got to deal with Jesus? No. No. So here's the other thing. <clears throat> what if the Trinity got in an argument? What if they disagreed? Nope. They can't, for one, right? That's very helpful. They're all three committed to this, to making this happen. We're safe. We are safe. Is this beautiful? I love this. I got, this is one of the reasons I carry around a handkerchief. <laughs> when you want to do this scenario, it's awesome. Cool. Thank you very much. You've got to keep the quarter now. You can't give it to anybody. All right. That would mess with the, the, the illustration. That wouldn't go well. So Romans 8.35 Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? This is all the stuff that, uh, um, the things that we can see, right? And and I don't know about what the worst thing that's ever happened to you before, but it probably doesn't involve uh, nakedness and sword. My my worst day doesn't involve nakedness and sword, right? My worst day involves um, embarrassment it involves uh, maybe some persecution, some, somebody's mocking me for something. Maybe you get beat up, but I stripped naked and beat up with a sword? No, no, can't really relate to that. So even if it gets that bad, that can't separate. And then you go on in Romans 8, 38, 39, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, whatever that means, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the things that we can see in verse 35 and the stuff that we can't see in 38 and 39, none of that can pull that apart. This is secure. This is not going anywhere. It cannot be separated. And then 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the, be- from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. That does not fade away. So not only is the coin not going to drop, the grip on the coin never loosens. It's not like, ah, you know what? Because I'm a dad, right? I have a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old, and there are days... I don't feel like being a dad. There are days where, and my kids don't know this, they could get away with whatever they wanted to because I just don't want to deal with it. 
I'll be honest. Y'all ever had that? Anybody ever? Oh, I'm not alone. That's good. Um, and I don't know if that'll go away when I grow up or mature or whatever, but there's some days where I just, you know what? Okay. I just don't want to, y'all fight. You just let me just keep it down and you can fight all you want to. You know? And, and my grip on authority in our home loosens and, okay. But Jesus' grip never loosens. Father's grip never loosens. The Holy Spirit's seal never bulges. It doesn't break. It's not bubbling up. It doesn't have cracks in it. It's not ready to be destroyed. It's not going anywhere. So that's thought number three. And then thought number four is God is faithful. You go, Jim, I get the point. Yeah, but we, we hadn't even covered a third of the verses here. It's unbelievable. It's just, this is a incredibly repetitive over and over and over and over again message in the New Testament that we are safe, that we are safe. So God is faithful. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, until Jesus comes back. Um, God can't help but finish what he starts. I, and I don't necessarily understand this, um, but in his view of his activity, when he starts, he finishes. That's just what he does. That's how he operates. That's the way he's worked since the beginning of time. If he starts it, he's going to finish it. Now, have you ever heard... Uh, maybe you go back to middle school or high school. Don't start something you don't want to finish. You heard that? And like in a fighting perspective, um, usually the grammar gets really poor in those <laughs> discussions, right? Um, what's the girl that cold cocked the other girl and beat her down? And she's the YouTube sensation. Check. Um, uh, I had an ACT class yesterday, and the kids were talking about it. Sharkisha. Yes, thank you, <clears throat> Sharkisha. Uh, Sharkisha, yep, I, I'm not making this up. Um, and these two girls were having a conversation. It was obviously not going well. Um, if you Google this, please make sure that anybody that's young enough to repeat words that they shouldn't repeat is not in the room because the language in this is completely inappropriate. Uh, you can listen to the whole thing muted. You, you'll get the idea. Um, bickering back and forth, and this girl's talking on her phone, and Sharkisha just kind of boils over and... I don't know what kind of punch this is, but just rares back, back here and just clocks the girl. And she goes down. So the girl goes down and Sharkisha comes over and then w what we would call in mixed martial arts, very effective ground and pound, um, jumps, jumps on and just, you know, she's going. And the girl really isn't doing anything. She's just kind of stunned that she, uh, she may have been unconscious. I'm not sure. So Sharkisha believes that she's done enough and starts to kind of turn away, and the girl kind of leans her head up. Well, she's not done. So, right in the face. Um, at which point, finally, the people that are videotaping this engage and try to stop. I mean, it was just a horrible, horrible display of why in the world would you treat another human being like this? This is just not right. But this girl started something that she didn't realize she was about to start, right? You ever gotten in one of those scenarios where, oh, I should not have said that, should I? Because this just kicked off something that I, I really didn't want to be engaged in. That, that was not okay. Yeah. I, went, I took a wrong turn in Knoxville one time. And, uh, yep, we ended up in a part of it. We were actually going to eat at Ruth's Chris that night, Julie and I were. 
And I got turned around and ended up in a part of town that I was not comfortable in at all. Uh, Julie probably locked the doors 20 times. <laughs> just making sure, we got them all covered, we're good to go. You, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, st we started something that we did not want to finish in any way, shape, or form. And I'm here to tell you that there is nothing and nobody in the universe that can start anything against God that he will not finish. You want to pick a fight with the Almighty? He's going to win. If he wants to pick a fight with somebody, he is going to win. Doesn't matter. But he has started something in us, this sal salvation process, that he will finish. And this is the way he works. So a couple other verses. Uh, Jude one twenty four. You probably heard us uh, end the service with one of these before. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I sure am glad because I'm not able to do that. Um, John 6, 35, 36, and 37. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will, know by, I will by no means cast out. We are safe with Jesus. 2 Timothy 1.12, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. I have a hard time reading it with no, like, sing-songiness, because, you know, the, the song, right? First um, Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, body, and soul be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. He will do it. You getting a theme here this morning? You get a theme? Second uh, Thessalonians 3.3, 3, But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. So maybe you go, well, well, you know, there's this guy called the devil. He's really strong. Who made him? Who keeps him where he is? Who tells him what he can do and when he can't do it? Who tells him how he can do it and how far he can go? The devil's in a box, guys. Even when he's let loose on the earth, he's in a box, a very strong bo a lock box, okay? If we want to go back to the election. Um, and, and God knows exactly, exactly, exactly how far the devil can go because he's put those boundaries there. Um, are there things that your kids, uh, or maybe even when you were a kid, we'll look at that from that perspective. Was there anything in your house when you were growing up that you were not allowed to do? Like, on pain of, oh my, I don't even want to find out what happens if I do that. Does anybody have one of those? <clears throat> Maybe a place in the house or something that you couldn't touch? Maybe some object? Putting my dad's tools away dirty. Putting your dad's tools away dirty, yeah. That wouldn't go well, would it? No. no. Did anybody have any uh, china that they grew up with that their, their mom says, you will not touch this? Anybody like that? We had a, uh, my mom spent a lot of money on a hair dryer. And it was one of those um, that, that you go like completely over your head. Am I using the wrong term? Is it a hairdryer? Okay, all right. Uh, this, I'm out of my league when I'm talking about this stuff. So, um, And it was, you know, I don't care what you do. It, so the thing was inside a case, and the case was inside a box, and the box was inside this leather bag. I mean, it, it was the most protected thing in our home, you know, right? I mean, it's just my birth certificate wasn't that safe. 
So mom and dad leave my sister and I one day, and of course, the first thing we do is we want to go play with the hairdresser, right? Cause, or the hairdryer, because that's the thing we've never been able to touch before. So we take it out of the leather case, and we take it out of the box, and we pull the piece of the plastic covering off. And when we were pulling the plastic covering off, we didn't notice that there was like latches around, and we broke some of the latches. So, so we followed our, uh, our example of the first man that ever walked on the earth, and we covered it up. Um, we put everything back in and, and put it back in the closet, and whew, boy, we dodged a bullet there, didn't we? Yeah, we did. All right. Not really thinking that mom's going to use this thing one day and see this, so it was maybe four or five days later, and a blood-curdling scream comes from downstairs. My sister and I, we look at each other. She's found it. Yep. So I went under my bed because I, I didn't know what my mom was going to do, but I wanted to make it as hard as possible to find her. Uh, and she had this real simple philosophy of uh, fly swatters were great for a lot of things. <laughs> now, she also had this simple philosophy that the wobbly soft end was not the most effective end. Okay? The, the metal end. Now, this was not striking us in the face or anything like that because, you know, the pastor could see that mark. Um, uh, but our legs and our backside, oh my goodness. Um, and so she's, I'll never forget, it, it, it's like in a, a movie when the kid's hiding from the bad guy that's come in the house and you see the camera angle from the perspective of being under the bed. I seeing that arm come under and the fly swatter swinging because I had started something that I did not need to start and it was bad. Um, yeah, so... He will guard you from the evil one. There's nobody that can get us. Right. I'll just read the verse and come back to it. <laughs> John 5:24. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who has sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into a judgment, but has passed from death to life. When we get saved, our eternal life starts then. It doesn't start when we get to heaven. It starts when we get saved. We have it. Ephesians 2, 4, 5, and 6. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised, past tense, us up together, and made, past tense, us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And you go, really? Because I don't remember that. I don't remember being in heaven and sitting with Jesus. And you go, what kind of... Verb is that, Jim. Well, I'm glad you asked. Thank you. Uh, it's called the preterist. And the idea is that when you are describing an event that has such a high degree of certainty of occurring that there is no other option other than this will occur, you use this verb tense. You're going, what do you mean? Well, Paul was so convinced that we are going to sit with Christ in heaven that he wrote about it as if it was in the present tense because it's going to happen. This will happen. Now, I can't make those kinds of promises about anything on this earth because I don't know when that gift is going to stop, right? I'd like to say that next week that I'll be teaching here on glorification. Hopefully, Lord willing, right? I have to caveat it with that because I'm not in charge of all things. But the Holy Spirit's telling Paul, this is a done deal. This is going to happen. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. 
And then the verse I've been waiting to get to, Hebrews 13, 20 and 21, verses, uh, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Christ Jesus to whom be glory forever and ever. So the purpose for all of this is not for us to sit. We are, in fact, saved to serve. There is something for us to be doing right now. Now, there is a link on, your, on the back side of your handout uh, to an article that Jared Wilson wrote. He's a pastor up in Vermont. And it is a wonderfully simple, direct set of questions that you can ask about a few Bible verses that are, here's some Bible verses that talk about eternal security. And if eternal security is wrong, then these questions get answered in the negative and it becomes exceedingly obvious very quickly that that can't happen. Right? God's a liar, Jesus is a liar, the Holy Spirit's a liar. All these things have to happen. And it's a great little article. So if you want something to share with someone that is very succinct and gets to the point but is not offensive in any way, shape, or form, it's a great little article to share. So I wanted to give you that resource as well. So what's the understanding? Well, the understanding is that believers will persevere to glorification and will not lose their salvation along the way. Will not. That's the way it works will not lose the salvation along the way. And that's a beautiful thing, right? I mean, this is, this is why we can have assurance because we have assurance in this fact. So if we put those things in the uh, performed by God category, God now has, we're keeping track of score, foreknowledge, predestination, election, atonement, propitiation, conviction, calling, regeneration, justification, redemption, uh, redemption, adoption, reconciliation, sanctification. I've run out of digits now. Uh, perseverance and eternal security. And man has sin evangelism, repentance, faith, conversion, mortification and evidence and next week we ended up with glorification we'll get there next week we get there all right so that's the lesson for today i hope you um, at least have a more well-rounded view and have some verses that are pretty uh, bulletproof on this concept um, and again I, I think this is a huge huge issue um, you know a lot of our assurance comes from being familiar with these types of things so just to be aware of this stuff so on your tables is a handout. Please make sure you've got your name and your prayer requests written on those. And uh, pray as a table and you are dismissed. Thank you for coming.